1: Our pal Mike Renner of Renner Ranks was at the Senior Bowl. We're going to talk with him for a couple of episodes about what he saw down in Mobile, Alabama.
2: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake go along with James Rapine, joined today by resident locked on draft expert Mike Renner. You can find his show Renner Ranks on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. The same place you can find Locked On Bengals. And for all the everydayers out there, we appreciate those of you who already make these shows your everyday listens. Today's show brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the candidates you want to talk to. Faster, you can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked And Mike, you were down at the Senior Bowl. We're going to pick your brain about that. We're going to start with, you know, a little bit of an overview why the Senior Bowl matters. And we're going to start with skill players because we love skill players here on locked on Bengals. And Cincinnati Bengals do too, obviously. See Jamar Chase v Pene Sewell 2022? One? One? One. One. Dang it. Oh, man, I almost made it sound like a legal case. But before we get there, we did a little mock draft Monday for the first time this year. And we, we figure we have a draft expert on. We might as well get your grades. James, tell Mike what we did in our mock draft.
3: Well, this is a surprise, Mike. We took a tackle and uh, an offensive tackle, which I think most of our listeners want to happen, uh, despite the love for skill players. And uh, there were a couple. On the board, J.C. Latham was on the board. Uh, Our Darius Mims was on the board. And we went with Mims. Is that the right call? Wrong call? What do you think? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners were cringing that we passed on the Alabama product.
0: I have Mims ahead of Latham. I think he profiles to a better pass protector. I I think he's a guy whose ceiling is a little bit higher just in terms of his movement skills at his size. I I think Latham is an unbelievable run blocker. I feel very good about him making an impact in that regard. But I think in pass protection, he has more things that worry me on tape than Amarius Mims does with Mims. It's just like, I think he just needs the reps. And then once he gets the reps, I think you have a high end pass protector on your hands and a guy who, you know, if he falls to 18, which I'm still not sure he will after the pre-draft process, but if he falls to 18 is a guy that if you like would have stayed healthy, would have played more football, just doesn't make it that, Far in other drafts, just because oddly enough hasn't played a ton of football, got injured this past year, banged up a little, and so could fall to that level. But to me, physically, what he's capable of—if this were a worse tackle class, like he's a guy who could be a top—and and he had stayed healthy this season, he could have been like a top five, top eight pick in in any class.
1: so we have we been considering him? Jackson Powers Johnson? Would you would you ever think Jackson Powers Johnson over a tackle
3: there?
0: No. Not in my opinion, just because of the scarcity, right? You mm-hmm. can find centers in the third, fourth, fifth round. The amount of starting tackles in the NFL you find at that range is just so limited. It, 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 just look around the best OT, OTs in the league. The vast majority of them are you know, not even just first rounders. They're like top 20 picks. It, it just, it's easy to recognize the guys that succeed at those positions, and then they get paid a lot more because it's way more valuable to have that guy who's a shutdown pass protector on the outside than it is to have a guy who's the same on the interior. I, I probably feel better about Jackson Powers-Johnson being high-end center in the NFL than I do you know, Marius Mims reaching his peak as a high-end tackle, but you got you to take that swing uh, at the tackle position if you're the Cincinnati Bengals with how much more valuable it is.
3: You mentioned Mims and, and pass protection and maybe that giving him the edge over Latham. Let's just say they did and they were able to take him at 18. Do you think he should start, would start day one? Obviously we don't know what they would do in free agency, but if you're spending the 18th pick on an offensive tackle, I think ideally he would be able to play right away.
0: I think so. I I think most of these tackles I would plug and play day one. There aren't a lot where I'm like really worried about it being atrocious over, you know, right out the gate. There's no one, there's not a lot of these top guys where I'm like, oh, he's a pure project. Like stay away. If you don't have three years to develop them, sort of guys. So I think that's why, again, this makes his tackle class so impressive and why I think it's going to break the record for tackles drafted in the first round. But uh, with Mims, yeah, I do think, and especially because the guy needs to play football too. (laughs) You know, you you need to get him on the football field. He needs to see some competition as well.
1: So we go Marius Mims in the first round. There's another tackle we're considering. I think the top player on PFFs board at the time was, we were using the PFF simulator, is why I bring that up, was Nate Wiggins, Clemson Corner there are probably some corners you can c- could consider there as well. But then in the second round, it was a very easy decision for James and I, there was a lot of hand wringing in the first round. You know, we're looking at wide receivers. We're looking at defensive interior. Byron Murphy was an option. We're looking at corner. We're looking at Jackson powers, Johnson. We're looking at a multitude of tackles, including a senior bowl standout. We're going to talk about tomorrow in Tyler Guyton. Then in the second round, senior bowl made it easy to love to Sweat. we're going to talk more about him tomorrow as well. Is it, feasible that he gets to the Bengals second round pick that's 49 at this point in the process
0: I think so because one he is just a nose tackle right he's not versatile if you're drafting some of these other guys in the class in the DT class they can play more snaps than he can you know at 350 whatever pounds that he is he's just he's going to be a five to 600 snap a year guy right you just can't expect that guy to stay healthy and effective um, at that weight playing you know, 70 to 80% of your snaps. So that's, it's going to be limited role that always kind of drops you down boards. Um, and then he does kind of have a history of effort concerns. That's like not uncommon with guys that weight, but like, that's why he took so long to break out as a prospect was just because of the inconsistency in terms of effort. This past fall was awesome in that regard. So hopefully, you know, he's turned a corner and definitely looks like he has. And that's senior bowl just was so physically dominant. Like he had reps in the one-on-ones where he didn't even like win the rep, but, the center or guard was in like seven yards deep in the pocket just because he just is so strong and so physically overpowering to his peers that he's that's what you want in a nose tackle right those are the traits that translate to the nfl at that position so uh, if he's on the board there that that was a slam dunk pick you hit the first and second rounders out the park in my opinion
3: all right let's see if we can make it three for three we had to get a skill guy on on day two and uh, we did that with Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. What do you think?
0: I really like that pick as well. And I think kind of how you attack this draft is how, what, in my opinion, would make the most sense just in terms of positional depth. Take the OT early. Second round, you're just not going to have a starter there. You know, you, There might be more talent than usual in the second round, but it's just definitely not going to be a tackle in the second round that I'd love to start right away. DT is probably a little thinner, and that if there is a DT like a uh, Tavondre Sweat in the board feed in the second round, there's just not going to be a guy there in the third, fourth day three, and then wide receivers so deep that unless you really love one of the guys in the first round, you you know you really fall in love with. Uh, I'm trying to even think who would be on the board there, like an Brian Thomas Mitchell is the, the or Brian guy. Thomas, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you like, you really love one of those guys, uh, okay, but I don't think the difference between a Brian Thomas and you know, who's going to be on the board in the third round for you, whether it's, you know, whether it is a Malachi Corley, whether it is like a Roman Wilson from Michigan, someone like that, who can step in day one and, you know, can play a role for you. Maybe they don't have the highest of ceilings, but you don't necessarily need a super high ceiling guy in this offense. Cause you have that or <laughs> any Jamar chase, right? You need a reliable guy. So Corley would be that. The only question is, I don't think he's T Higgins replacement. I think he'd be Tyler Boyd's replacement. Um, in that offense he's really at his size and with his skill set i don't think he's ever really going to be an outside type of wide receiver but i think in that role you know he can be your debo samuel in that offense that's been like the popular comp and it's it's fairly accurate with that build there's not a lot of guys that look like that and can uh still be sudden and still get open after the, uh as a route runner so uh, I, i'd be a big fan if that's how the Bengals one two three goes
1: yeah, and there are some other options that the Bengals could look at, like you mentioned, in the third round at wide receiver in particular. And even in the second round, you could talk about uh, Chris Jenkins. If, if he were to be available there as another defensive tackle prospect. So I'd like that you approve of our approach. Because really, at this point in the process, we're only talking about approach. We don't know what the Bengals are doing in free agency yet. We don't know what's going to happen at the combine yet. So the names might change. But if, if we're in the right range on some of these guys, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other skill player options, uh, Javon Baker going to be a big topic today because when I listened to your Senior Bowl preview, I went and watched some Javon Baker and had some fun with that. So we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. But we're going to shift gears, talk about what you saw down at the Senior Bowl and why the Senior Bowl matters coming up next. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs knows that if you're a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the roles you need to fill for your company that's why LinkedIn Jobs is there for you they have the right tools to find the right professionals for your team faster and for free it's not just another job board it's a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else and it does all of that while making the process easy intuitive and quick and One of the reasons it's so easy is because you have access to that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. You're wearing so many hats, you might not have the time or resources to go through the hiring process. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is there for you to make it easier, faster. Like I said, it's free. Two and a half million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions
3: apply. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. And happy Super Bowl week. It is finally here. And no, it might not be the two teams that Bengals fans were hoping for, but it is an opportunity to get in line with America's number one sports book and start winning today because Fanduel is offering $200 in bonus bets. If your first $5 bet or more wins. So go to Fandle.com slash locked on right now, sign up today, use that first $5 bet on an NBA uh, parlay or an NBA straight up game that you feel like, and then boom, you get that $200 in bonus bets. If that bet wins and Look, I love the Niners. Plus one or minus one and a half. I think they win the game. I think they beat the Chiefs. There we go. Everyone says don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think the Niners take him down this week. Get in the action today with FanDuel at Fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
1: Mike, we talk a lot about the senior bowl, the mobile, where the draft starts is is the slogan. There are other all-star games. A lot of people pay attention at the Combine. But this has become a big event with underclassmen participating now. It's an opportunity for guys to, to face sometimes a higher level of competition. But are we making too much out of a few one-on-ones? Or, or does the Senior Bowl matter? And if it does, why is it so important in the draft process from your own experience and, and people you've talked to in Mobile as well? I do think
0: we can make too much out of it. You know, one rep in a one-on-one is again, like I said, just one rep. And truthfully throughout the week, you're getting you know, the most reps you're getting in those one-on-ones is somewhere in the neighborhood of over the course of three practices, like 20. And that's not everyone. Most guys are sort of in the teens, So it's not, it's about a game's worth of tape that you're truly getting. Um, but it's a game's worth of tape against the best competition. Usually, you know, that's why it matters more for guys like Equinian Mitchell out of Toledo Uh, Or guys, you know, in other conferences that aren't maybe the SEC, you aren't facing like Jackson Powers Johnson, we talked about earlier, the Oregon Center. He wasn't facing nose tackles that are NFL caliber play strength. Right. And and here he was. And you're kind of getting to see, is he strong by college standards or is he strong by NFL standards? And like it really is a great equalizer in terms of if you're doing against guys who are at the senior bowl, they will all be in the NFL next year. So feasibly you can do it then against NFL players if you really stand out. And so to me, it's really more for the super high end or the super low end is really the, all the takeaways I have. There's a big mash of guys in the middle where not to say it doesn't matter, but if you didn't really separate yourself on a positive or negative manner, it's just like, then you just go back to tape and what you saw on tape. And it's kind of uh, it doesn't mean you're not going to succeed in the NFL. It just means that, you know, maybe over three days of practice, you weren't at your absolute peak. So, um i do think though again for the guys who played really well like the Kuanya Mitchell who I alluded to earlier coming from a school like Toledo where he's not facing anyone who's going to be in the league as a route runner with the kind of speed that they have he wasn't playing press coverage there so for him to get to do those two things and do them at a high level you're like oh okay his tape is real now you could buy into what you saw there more so than if he came down to mobile and he's getting cooked left and right, the fact that he you know, led the nation in PBUs over the last two years might not carry the same amount of weight.
3: Mike, is, has there been a time or do you recall a time where you got got the most at the Senior Bowl where someone <laughs> shined and then they didn't end up being what you thought they would be at the next level?
0: Oh, why am I blanking on his name right now? It was the Baylor wide receiver who came out a few years ago. Denzel um, Mims. Denzel Mims, there you yeah, go, to the Jets, second rounder. Got me too. And, and I remember going after that senior bowl I was being like, you know, he probably committed about five OPIs in the course of <laughs> 15 one on one reps. So I was like, it was a little fake, but he his tape at at Baylor ended up being what he was in the NFL. And it was a guy who just like really struggled to run the full route tree. Um, so yeah, I that was probably the biggest one. I I do think, though, far more often than not, the Terry McLaurins of the world, the Debo Samuels of the world, who go down there and it's like, oh, wow, that looks uh, different than everyone else, end up then continuing that in the NFL.
1: Are there guys that actually help themselves at the Senior Bowl where you actually see uh, maybe there's a day three grade and they get into the second round? Does that actually happen over those three days of practice?
0: I don't know about day three grade, but – I think you can get a full round maybe possibly two rounds. Like it's, it's not impossible um, to have that. I, I do think that um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of like anyone this year, like it's more, a lot of times it's like guys who maybe I'm higher on than other people, or maybe I have a grade where I'm like, ah, eh, you know, like I, I just need to see more. Like, I guess I'll say Lad McConkey this year from Georgia was a guy who I came in really high on. And I was like, okay, with the grade I have on him compared to the grade I have on everyone else here, he better look like he's a completely different dude than everyone else that's here. in the one on ones, like that's how you should look if you're. So I have him as like just outside the top 30 on my board. And then he came there, like if you watch him in the one on ones, just absolutely unguardable um, throughout the week of practice, besides like one time that he slipped. Like he just, the guy runs routes in his sleep. So to go down there and do that, it's more like, okay, now I feel confident that I was maybe going out on a limb there. Trying to think of guys that this year, there's one guy that I came in with a day three grade on that I'm now rethinking from this year's Senior Bowl, and it's Texas's Christian Jones, the tackle. I was going to
1: ask about him specifically, so it's great to hear you say that.
0: Yeah, he was, he's a guy who on tape, I was just like, well, one, he's, I think he's a six year guy. I think he's on the older end and mm-hmm. hadn't really played good football until like this past fall. And even then, Texas's offense, if you watch them, it's like, RPOs, they're just – their tackles get really protected. They're not really on islands with their passing game there. And in the Super Bowl, obviously, in the one-on-ones, it's like that's all it is. It's all island, uh, pass protection reps. And, man, he was so solid in those one-on-ones, just so strongly built from, you know, his entire frame. Guys didn't really – couldn't push him around, couldn't work him back into the pocket. And so, seeing that, I was like, okay, that that's – that was – that uh, was a week of practice that I, not to say I didn't necessarily get to see on Texas, but I just not sure I bought into uh, what he put on tape wholesale until I saw it at Cedar Bowl, and that would not be surprised whatsoever. He's day two
1: pick. Six year mentioned lineman. That's that's a factor. Sorry, James. Go ahead.
3: You mentioned Lad McConkey. Let's uh, yeah. talk about him and some of these other skill players coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Fanduel and Happy Super Bowl Week. It is finally here, and no, it might not be the two teams that Bengals fans were hoping for, but it is an opportunity to get in line with America's number one sports book and start winning today because FanDuel is offering $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet or more wins. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Sign up today. Use that first $5 bet on an NBA uh, parlay or an NBA straight up game that you feel like, and then boom, you get that $200 in bonus bets. If that bet wins. And look, I love the Niners plus one or minus one and a half. I think they win the game. I think they beat the chiefs. There we go. Everyone says, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think the Niners take him down this week, get in the action today with FanDuel at Fandle.com slash locked on again, Fandle.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the nfl
1: this episode of locked on bengals is sponsored by ebay motors passion drive and patience are the things that bring home the winning trophy and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power style practicality to keep your vehicle running ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers.
3: All right, Mike. Lad McConkey Could he be T. Higgins' replacement? Because I could totally see the scenario where the Bengals get, I don't know, the 35th pick in exchange for T. Higgins. And if Lad is there, to me, that would make some sense. But would it make sense from a football standpoint?
0: I think it would. I think. I mean, that's what he did at Georgia. Now, the the, the comps coming out of the week, uh, they're all other white guys. Is all I've heard everyone say. It's all slot receiver, white guys. Cooper and Cup. Like, uh, and I'm watching him. I'm like, he's one. He's nowhere near. Like he's like 25 pounds lighter than Cooper Cup. Like they're not similar to me. The guy he reminds me of the most, just from, kind of like a how he moves perspective, is Antonio Brown. And they're similarly sized guys too. They're not, you know, Antonio Brown's like five, just over 5'10", 186. Like not a big dude whatsoever, but because he was so sudden and because what he could do better than any other wide receiver of his generation was stop on a dime. Antonio Brown on the outside just like could be at full speed and without a moment's notice, he just breaks around and he's stopped. That's what I see out of Ladd McConkie. And that's what it takes at the NFL level to win those routes on the outside, because, you know, a lot of the stuff you're doing as an outside wide receiver is either, you know, why that's so valuable is being able to threaten vertically, but then also hitch routes, comebacks on the outside or something that you have to be able to be proficient at, or else quarterbacks just aren't going to throw your way. Cause they're going to get worried about picks um, and cornerbacks jumping those routes. So what I saw that doing that at the senior bowl, he ran, you know, a few like hitches on the outside. It was just, it was easy for him and just came back. Those were layups. So, yeah, I think he could be an outside wide receiver and and do you know the vertical tree stuff that T. Higgins did now? It's obviously gonna look a little different how he does it, but I think the role he's more than capable of filling that.
1: And the projections or, or the comparisons, to all these white slot guys, does he also have that position versatility, as it were, with wide receiver, where you have a guy with Jamar Chase and and Lad McConkey, hypothetically, if those two are end up on the same team where you can move either guy around and they're gonna be able to play multiple positions.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And yes, he can run routes in the slot at a high level. Like that is also part of his game. So he really is, you know, the biggest issues with him, the biggest worries are catch radius. You know, he, he may be on the outside, but you're going to need an accurate quarterback to hit him. So that's why I think for the Bengals, it's not like that big of a deal. It's not like Joe Burrow misses a lot of guys, misses a lot of those throws. And so mm-hmm. if he's open, uh, even if he has, you know, shorter arms and a smaller wingspan than your prototypical outside wide receiver, if it's you know if it was with you know justin herbert i'd maybe be a little bit more worried but if it's joe burrow i'm not nearly as worried um pandering then, to the bengals crowd there a little bit mike i know that that really was i <laughs> i apologize for that that was too too homer um but yeah i, I so i i do think lad mcconkey can not only do that but then on the interior like he he can run those slot routes but i do worry about injuries with him obviously with injury this past fall and then at his size it, not knowing when to kind of Put, take his foot off the gas pedal, like, you know, a lot of those slot receivers that he's getting copped to had a lot of injuries over the course of their careers because mm-hmm. they could take shots over the middle of the field. He's not, you know, an Amon Ra St. Brown physically where you're not going to be worried about that guy taking shots. He's so strong. Uh, with Lab McConkie, if he puts his body in the line a little too few too many times over the middle of the field, he may be, you know, on the bench with an injury more often than not.
3: So he confirmed what you thought going into the senior bowl who else confirmed that skill player wise what wide receivers stood out any running backs stand out as well
0: Well, oh, I thought Javon Baker really was the most impressive like athlete there it's uh, in terms of some like the highest end reps that he had were just like off the charts in terms of just he, he can sky at the catch point just like such an easy leaper um, to go up and get footballs he, he his release package looks like, you know, the high end wide receivers that the NFL, what they look like, his ability to just you know, sink his hips and explode right off the line of is really puts corners in a tough spot. So I thought, I thought he was awesome uh, among the wide receivers there running back is one that the senior bowl, you don't get to show much in the way of, you know, you're not getting tackled. You're not doing probably the most important thing that you're supposed to be doing but I thought that Ray Davis out of Kentucky caught the ball as well as anyone there, just in terms of like tracking the football. And now he's never going to be, you know, Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to split him out wide and throw him routes, but he caught it so easily that, and it was not something you necessarily did a ton of at Kentucky that I think you could really throw him a ton of swing passes in an offense. And now I don't know if he's ever going to get a bell cow reps, but that was good to see from him. And then Dylan Lobby, the, uh, how's it New Hampshire running back? I always I always want to say Delaware for some reason, but New Hampshire running back is honestly a guy might even just move to wide receiver because mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's – I wasn't super high on him coming in because his actual running back tape is – he's not particularly strong. If I were to run him between the tackles, I, it just would be an issue in my opinion. He's not going to churn out tough yardage, but it's just the guy can get open. The guy has great hands. The guy can track the football. I, I would take a chance moving him out to wide out before – you know, making him it's just because it's probably more valuable to what he can do in the passing game
1: could talk more about Javon Baker maybe another time we'll talk more about Javon Baker that's a name that I did not know like I said until I saw your senior bowl preview and then I went and watched and I, I guess the one question I have there to follow up on him speed has been the prevailing concern that I've read in scouting reports and he talked in an interview I saw him talking on the field with somebody down there about how he wanted to show off his speed a little bit what were your takeaways? Did he show a little bit more speed down in mobile than you saw on tape from him? I think it was day two, maybe he was the fastest receiver there in terms
0: of GPS numbers. And you get All like, right. the cool thing about senior bowl is I think everyone can actually even go see. They, they have GPS verified zebra technology, whatever, numbers on these guys to get mile per hour data, to get acceleration data. And he hit over 21 miles per hour on GPS. That's like at 208 pounds. As cooking man so I, I i never questioned his speed i honestly like loved his play speed maybe he might not run the fastest 40 i don't really mind too much like that doesn't bother me because when i watch him on the football field uh guy can roll so yeah we'll he, he, he obviously answered that if some people did have concerns
1: gps numbers certainly matter more and more they don't lie uh we'll talk more with mike for tomorrow's show we're going to talk more about the trench battles that. We're going on down to the Senior Bowl, some of the more high-profile stuff that you can get in Immobile, Alabama. We'll get Mike's surprises and some of the other maybe under-the-radar guys we didn't get to today. That's coming up tomorrow on Locked On Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.